We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash brotofantasy. You are the reason the Broto machine keeps on pumping. And if you want to join the community, support Broto, and get a ton of extras for as little as $3 a month, please visit patreon.com slash brotofantasy to support the show, the app, and get access to a ton of extras, including an extra waiver wire show every week during the season, early access to shows, access to Broto Leagues, does your league suck? This won't, proven DFS cash game optimizers, access to cheat sheets, private team consultations, and access to the greatest community in the world, not just the fantasy world, the entire world, the Broto community on Discord. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the app, please consider joining. Your contributions go a long way. Again, that is patreon.com slash brotofantasy or follow the links on brotofantasy.com or the Fantasy Football by Broto app to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. And we're back on a Monday, and it's early, so it's about to be a fun day. Hey. And it's me and Michael on a Monday. Hey. I just feel like singing along to that to that intro every time now. I feel like we've we've nailed the volume in my headphones to the point where I can't help but like just sing to start every single show. Do it, kid. Or rap to spit some bars. You know what I mean? Speaking of spitting bars, we're about to spit these week five recap bars. It is me. It is Michael, the Patrop boys in the house today. Um, by the way, uh, shout out to everyone who put up giant scores. Um, Yesterday, there were some giant scores. Uh, yesterday was one of those days where it wasn't one of those where, oh, this is a weird week where no one's scoring big time. No, we had some big time scores in week five. And um, I was one of the people who scored big in my home league. I was very happy about that. And I beat Matt in two separate dynasty leagues. Matt's not on the show, so I can't I can't dunk <laughs> on him uh, in person. But Matt, I'm going to dunk on you in person on Thursday. Just want to put that out there. Uh, there's one league where I'm already beating him and Pat Mahomes hasn't even played yet. Damn, Sean. Yeah, damn, Sean is right. What's what are you looking like, Michael? And the home league has not been kind to you. Michael played against Taysom Hill. We're gonna be talking about yeah, Taysom man. Hill in a little while, Michael. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm third in points and I'm one in four. I've lost by single digits three weeks in a row. You see how he said one in four? He's already Excuse counting me, this week three. as a loss. Sh- shut up, Tim. He's, that, need, that was a Freudian uh, slip right there. I need Mahomes, Kelsey, and Josh Jacobs to combine for 46 points. Oh boy, that's not impossible. Just need some big games. I mean, definitely not impossible. They should yeah. do it, but with the way my season has been going, they're going to fall short by like four points. Um, do you know what never falls short? The Fantasy Football by Broto app, the only app you need to become your own expert, dominate fantasy football, and every single stat that you hear is going to be found on that app. Literally, this is what we want to do. We give you our your interpretations of the numbers, but honestly, man, like... You can't get it all right. Like we have a surprise, surprise section uh, every Monday, and we talk about things that surprise us. There's going to be things that surprise us every Monday. There's going to be things that we get right, right? That's why we have a told you so a coming section. We're going to get some things right, but you know, by getting your information from us, you are already putting yourself in advantage. Now, what you do is you take all the numbers that we use. That's the whole point of this. We've been doing this for six years. And we're like, it takes so long to do fantasy research because you have to jump from this website to this website to this website to this website. Most of these sites are not mobile friendly, so everyone wants to just do it on their phone. They, they can't do it on their phone. So we're like, who's going to fix this? 
we got to fix this. So we put everything you need to, to be an expert on a phone, on an app, plus articles, plus waivers, plus our uh, podcasts and opinions and, and all that good stuff. And, of course, the Brodo exclusive stats that helped me tell you that you should play Taysom Hill last week. Um, so download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app if you have not. If you're listening and you don't have it, you should get it. That's just, uh, it's just it, it, it one goes with the other. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's like spaghetti and meatballs. It's like uh, lamb and tuna fish. Perfect analogy. <laughs> All right, uh, Michael. It is Monday though, so without further ado, or without any further, a- any further like sauce of any kind, not just ado, but any any sort of sauce. No no sauce at all. Um, let's get to Donny H. What do you say? Let's do it. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. For those that don't know, a Jew is a juice. A Jew. My dad, for some reason, who uh, would not let us call like meat juice when we're at the house, juice. He would always have to call it a Jew. I mean, that's what it's A-U-J-U-S. I know, but that's what, but it's also just juice. It's also like gravy, but he made us call it a Jew. <laughs> All right. Um, first piece of news. Oh, uh, sometimes you got the sauce and sometimes you don't. Matt Rule did not have the sauce in his time with the Carolina Panthers, and it has come to an end. In a piece of news that if you had the app, you got first. That's right. Uh, before all these other places, 100%. We have Police the- Report, The Athletic, ESPN, Yahoo. <laughs> we beat them all. Uh, and... The re- and what we beat them all to is to say Matt Rule has been fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. It has been absolutely horrible. It has not been a good, um, not been a good reign for Matt Rule. Only eleven wins in his tenure. Uh, oof, Michael, uh, what's your reaction to this news? Man, Matt Rule now gets to sit on his couch and get paid forty-two million dollars over the next five years. The only way. Carolina doesn't have to pay him is if he gets a job coaching for a college and then that negates that portion of it. So if a college gives him $25 million, Panthers get to save $25 million. But if you're Matt Rule, what do you, what, what, why would you go get a college job right away if you're just going to get paid $42 million to chill? I mean, some people... I mean, if your dream job is to coach, right. but now you have the ultimate reason to just wait, take your time, and choose whatever school you like best. Yeah, or there's you, literally no rush at all. Or you could try and be an offensive coordinator. I mean, I think Matt Rule. Well, I don't know if that counts as like a. I don't know if he has to be the head coach of a college collegiate team. I think it's just like the amount of money. I'm talking about the NFL. If Ben, Man, no one's giving Matt Rule shit. If Ben McAdoo can come back, <laughs> anyone can come back. But then again, you I mean, need. He a, came back for, for Matt Rule. <laughs> but look, I, Matt Rule is a. Uh, a, a New York guy, so I, I I'm I'm partial to Matt Rule, but I you know he did terribly. Oh, Doyle rules. Uh, what doesn't make any sense is that Steve Wilkes becomes the interim head coach. Uh, you you want to make a, a a leap, a jump. Uh, Steve Wilkes was the pass game coordinator. Um, that the pass game was probably the worst aspect of the Carolina Panthers team, and uh, in his short reign as the head coach of the uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, one year, Steve Wilkes. Ran the ball up the middle more times than any coach since, like, 
I can't remember the exact stats, but in, in like 10, 15 years previous. Like, that was one of the reasons why David Johnson went from fantasy superstardom to crashing down to earth was because Steve Wilkes rammed them into the back of his his uh, offensive lineman 10, 15 times a game. So uh, I don't know what the Panthers are doing here. It doesn't look like there's much uh, improvement on that angle. But Matt Rule gone. Uh, the first coach to meet his demise uh, in 2022. So uh, good luck to Matt, though, because, you know, he was he was good at Oregon. Um, I remember Jets fans being really tight that Matt Rule wasn't the head coach for the Jets uh, and how Joe Brady uh, wasn't going to be the offensive coordinator or how things change very quickly. Uh, speaking of the Carolina Panthers, let's keep going. Uh, Baker Mayfield's x-rays on his injured foot came back uh, negative on Monday, but so did x-rays on his talent. Those came out negative as well. Boom. Boom, 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 roasted. boom. Roasted. Boom, roasted. Um, Man, this one sucks because, man, you hate to see a guy who's injury prone, man. Like, and who every time he's on the field shows this promise of what could be and then just keeps getting injured. I hate when that happens. And... Rashad Penny is one of those guys that does, that just keeps happening to it's happening to. He fractured his fibula, which is a leg bone. The belief is that surgery is coming. Even if he doesn't get surgery, the best case scenario is. I mean, he's out the year. Weeks, yeah, like weeks and weeks and weeks. He's definitely out the season, especially if he gets, um, if he gets surgery. Six point eight yards of carry on eight attempts before he went out. He's been super effective uh, so far. Uh, finished the year with seven, 57 carries for 346 yards. That's 6.1 yards per carry behind an offensive line with two uh, rookie tackles. So he's been extremely good, Rashad Penny. And sad, sad, sad news, man. Just sad news. Yeah, it sucks. But you, uh, you, you hate to see it, like you said. But I mean, you got to move on if you have Rashad Penny, and maybe you could. Uh, Go all in on Ken Walker, who we'll be discussing on tomorrow's waiver pod. And we'll be discussing a little bit later today. Um, Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said T. Higgins could be an option, could have been an option situationally in the second half of week five's lost. I mean, that doesn't sound uh, very good. Um, not good that that T. Higgins re-aggravated his old history, left the game, especially because when T. Higgins left, Jamar Chase... Didn't do anything, uh, which no one saw coming. But we're going to get to that in in just a second, too. Um, Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury believes James Conner is okay after injuring his ribs on Sunday's loss loss to the Eagles. He said, uh, this is according to Josh Weinfuss on Twitter. We're checking everything out, Kingsbury, Kingsbury said. It's something in the rib area, and they're just being very cautious with him right now. So, I mean, has had rib issues in the past. Uh, how are you feeling about James Conner? I mean, James Conner has not been good, period. And I'm not excited about his uh, prospects going forward at all. There's nothing to be excited about with James Conner. Uh, yeah, it could. there could be uh, some other excitement coming. Uh, but the yeah, short news segment today, Michael. Not too much news. That's good. I mean, there's not a lot of news on a Monday. That means not a lot of people, people got injured. Uh, so that's good news. We were not watching the Monday night game. So... There's, that's it. That's it for the news. I'm kind of staying in the news just to annoy you at this point. Yeah, it's quick enough for me not to get annoyed. <laughs> All right, let's get into our things that we saw coming, the predictions that we got right, the uh, saw that coming from a mile away segment. I saw that coming from a mile away. 
All right, I want to start this one off because I'm about to give you the best call of the year, ladies and gentlemen, because it was brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. When you looked at the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, that you, you saw that the Seattle Seahawks were not only terrible against the quarterback in fantasy, they were terrible against the rushing quarterback. And not only were they terrible, they were terrible against the tight end as well. Oh, they were also terrible against rushing uh, uh, rushing. Running backs, rushing backs, what do you call rushing running backs? Running backs? Who rush? Uh, on the ground. They were terrible against all three of those things. And you know who did all three of those things with a backup quarterback at the helm? Taysom Hill did all three of those things. And I called him the sleeper on yesterday's show. And my God. Thursday's show. On Thursday's show, excuse me. Well, yesterday in, in, uh, in podcast days. Okay, Michael? In podcast days. And he paid off big time. If you started Taysom Hill, then that means you started the second most productive fantasy player on the week. Taysom Hill, three touchdowns on the ground, 22 passing yards and a passing TD, 111 rushing yards on nine attempts. That in half PPR, boys and girls, uh, translates to 35 plus fantasy points Taysom Hill was my sleeper on Thursday and if you don't know now you know baby the best call of the year for sure I feel like when you call a sleeper and he becomes the second highest scorer on the league you got to take a victory lap so I'm gonna take my victory lap here thank you thank you very much Michael come on tell the people how great I am don't don't hype yourself up too much Michael, yeah tell the people how great I am <laughs> yeah Taysom Hill was a good call he just happened to be playing against me in our home league Michael's so angry I can tell this the- <laughs> I'm playing against the probably easily one of the worst two teams in the league, and I might lose because of Taysom Hill. And yeah, it's aggravating. You know? Yep, Michael's Michael's not happy. <laughs> Michael did Michael did not listen to the Thursday episode, um, even though he was standing right here. I was on it, Tim. I know he was standing right here, and he I have Travis Kelsey. I don't I don't know to tell you. He still didn't listen to me. All right, Michael, you're up. Yeah, my first. Uh, we saw that coming. Brees Hall, who I uh, this one was a good call. He was my tear breaker up. I was like, his ranking makes no sense. And Brees Hall had a ginormous game. 18 rush attempts, 97 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, two targets, two receptions, 100 receiving yards. And he got tackled down at the one-yard line twice. He could have had over 30 fantasy points in this one. Easily. He already had 27.7. He could have had almost 40 fantasy points. He could have had an Austin Eckler day. Yeah, Michael Carter stole a couple of the touchdowns, but so be it. Brees Hall is... uh, Clearly ascending right now. Um, very impressive game against Miami. And, uh, yeah, he's he's taking over that backfield, and he's looking great doing it. I had Brees Hall and Austin Eckler on my home team, home league team. Uh, Suffice to say you won. It was good. I And, and Stefan Diggs, too. And Kareem Hunt, which we're going to get into right now because my second we saw that coming is we knew that the Browns were going to hand the ball off and two of these guys were going to be able to be played. Nick Chubb was my number one ranked player on the week, um, and it turned out to be he – he wasn't number one, but he ended up being, like, number eight Smitty Jurgenman Henson was number one. He What? Smitty Jurgenman Jensen. He oh, was right. number one. All oh, right, Smitty, whatever, that, whatever the hell that means. I'm sure Sponge some Bob, people – SpongeBob, bro, come on. I'm so sure some people understand that. Everyone understands that. 130, You're just too old. 134 yards and two rushing TDs for the Chubby, Mr. Chubb. And uh, 47 rushing yards, three catches, 10 receiving yards, and the guaranteed rushing TD for Kareem Hunt. Both of these guys, usable players, even though obviously it's it's the, the Chubb show. I will say this. This was a really good matchup for Kareem Hunt, 
But looking at the upcoming schedule for Kareem Hunt, you got New England, you got Baltimore, and then Cincinnati by. And then you have Miami, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, who have all been extremely good uh, matchups against the running back. And now, not to say that Kareem Hunt can't do well against uh, this type of competition, but Kareem Hunt is good. He is an av- he was an above-average NFL running back. I'd put him in the top 15 in the entire league in terms of running backs. The problem is he plays behind the best running back in the NFL right now. And that's Nick Chubb. Like, every time this guy is gets the ball, he's a problem. He doesn't go down. If Kareem Hunt does decide to move on next year and it's the Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb show uh, with the Browns, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Nick Chubb at this time next year is being drafted number one or number two overall. That's how good he's playing. And that's how. And it doesn't even matter that he's not getting uh, catches and, and targets, although he's on pace to outgain out himself. Uh, so Nick Chubb, great. Kareem, Kareem Hunt, uh, usable, but I know I've been riding the Kareem Hunt bandwagon. But I did say this: my my number one my my thing for Kareem Hunt was like don't have him as your you know have him like have a Brees Hall Kareem Hunt. And now that Brees Hall is ascending and Kareem Hunt's kind of floating, you can make that if you made that that strategy like I did on so many teams, it could just like it's just like it's just like flowing. It's like it's like the Greg Dorch to Rondell Moore flow, just the same guy, just just flow. Just flow, Michael. Flow, 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 flow. Um, all right, that's my second guy. Michael, who's your second guy? My second we saw that coming is another player that, guess what, Tim? I saw it coming. And it was uh, DJ Moore of the uh, Carolina Panthers. Look, I, I kind of went on a rant about DJ Moore and the Panthers, how they're just going to get destroyed by uh, by the San Francisco 49ers defense and that Baker Mayfield really was never going to have a shot. And they got absolutely destroyed by the 49ers defense. They had a pick six. They had a few sacks. And DJ Moore... Despite seeing eight targets again, caught only four balls for 59 yards, and he had a eight-yard rush attempt. He now has single digits in four or five games, and the only game where he doesn't have single digits, he put up 11.8. He is uh, Right now, he's just a low-end wide receiver three flex play, and Matt Rule just got fired. Who knows how that if that's going to motivate the team, but it is looking bad for DJ Moore. And last week, I had him ranked severely lower than his expert consensus ranking, and it worked out. Uh, before we move on to our next, uh, our next one, didn't you have another one, Michael? No. Did you put three? You put San Francisco D as well. DJ Moore slash San Fran D. Yeah. 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 Uh, that was, uh, that was a good take. So yeah, you didn't mention that you're also talking about the San Fran D. I mean, I did. Well, like as, as your option. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Michael, two good calls. Come on, Michael. Give yourself some, some stuff. No, you're better than me. What can I say? Um, so well, this is going to prove this is going to prove so. Michael told me I was stupid for drafting Tyler Lockett in like this eighth round in my home league draft. Uh, I just want to say you were stupid for it. Yes. I just said he's going to be not fun to roster. Well, it's been pretty fun so far. Uh, honorable mention for we saw that coming. Tyler Lockett. It's you know what? I want to mention this not only because I, Tyler Lockett is someone that on the Monday show was my stock rising. And it just I just told you guys, hey. Stop sleeping on this dude. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. His target share has always been consistent. And what we know is you earn wide receivers earn target share. Quarterbacks don't give wide receivers target share. And he's getting one in every four balls are going to Tyler Lockett. And what we have going on here in Seattle, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest thing you could hear as a fantasy prognosticator and manager. It is a funnel offense. It's looking like uh, it's just two guys. It's DK Metcalf and it's 
Tyler Lockett, and they're going to get all of it, and sometimes Will Disley's going to catch a touchdown, and it's going to be all the rushing work now to Ken Walker. It's going to be Tyler Lockett. It's going to be DJ, DK Metcalf. It's going to be Ken Walker, and it's going to be these guys. You can play them every week because it is a it is a funnel offense, and we love to see funnel offense because we love to see it. And right now, Geno Smith, as much as I don't believe in him, is balling out. And last game, he played fantastic. He made some dimes dime throws and you know what he does have some Dino Gino tendencies where at the end of the game he took a big sack he held the ball too long and he threw some interceptions these things these things happen but we don't care about those because we're we're fantasy and their defense is fucking atrocious their defense is the worst defense in the NFL 100% in my opinion worst defense in the NFL and now you're looking at a case where this team's gonna have to throw a lot and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett get open, and Geno Smith can get them the ball at the very least. Give me, give me some Tyler Lockett, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about Tyler Lockett at the moment. I feel like his his stock is rising right now, and he's still being slept on. And if you could acquire Tyler Lockett, I would acquire, I would acquire Tyler Lockett because people are still sleeping on him like he's not, like he's not him. He's him. All right, he's him. All right, let's get into the next segment. It is the. Surprise segment, what we did not see coming at all. Surprise, motherfucker. All right, Michael, first surprise. That one is always tremendous. Um, My first surprise of the week is a wide receiver who, look, the uh, the Brodo player comps doesn't go one, doesn't shoot 100% as, uh, as you all expect. It is not a fortune-telling device. It liked Diami Brown coming out, and Diami Brown had a very mediocre rookie season. He's basically been worthless his second year. And then this past week with Jahan Dotson out, Diami Brown comes out of nowhere, catches two balls for 105 yards, two touchdowns. One of them was a long ball that he beat the defender, and then the other one was a one-handed grab with the defender draped all over him. It was an impressive day for Diami Brown, over 20 fantasy points. Obviously, no one started Diami Brown, and he just it was a complete out-of-nowhere type game. Um, but yeah, shout out to Diami Brown because that was probably one of the most surprising, if not the most surprising, big fantasy days of the week and maybe even of the year for him to just come out there and uh, put up over 20 fantasy points in his first, like, I think his first snaps of the entire year. I think my my biggest takeaway from that performance is that Terry McLaurin is not as good as we thought he was. Yeah, McLaurin did not have the game people wanted him to have. I mean, he, like I said, these these things are earned. You know, and you're earned. What? That's right. Huh? That's right. What? Who? My Man. name is. All right. Uh, let's get into my first surprise. Surprise. That's J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I thought that we. Jacqueline. Uh, you know, I I told you, Michael. I think I think I might have swept you on bets. By the way, you. We, I mean, we don't recap bets till the end of the year, so we'll never right. know, I'm, I'm or we look, will know at the end of the year. I'm looking forward to that, um, but. That's one of the one of the guys that I mentioned was J.K. Dobbins and four point four fantasy points, only eight rushes attempts for forty four yards, did not get a target. Um the problem is that I think that you see five attempts going to the backup running backs. Kenyon Drake got in the got in the mix uh in this game. You saw Devin Duvernay get involved in the rushing game. Uh you saw Lamar Jackson take a few rushes. So I think the reason why I was I was down on J.K. Dobbins is showing now is because like I don't know he's the he's the he's the primary running back yes but that doesn't mean he's the primary runner on this team and that that scares me uh, but I think he'll bounce back I, I think like you just got to expect you're gonna have off days like this uh, with J.K. Dobbins against you know 
after a two touchdown performance in a in a, against a Cincinnati team that has a good rush defense, but I wouldn't stop. You know, I wouldn't sit a running back against them. So I don't know. J.K. Dobbins, surprising. Thought he was gonna do better. Yeah, that was very upsetting. I don't know. I feel like maybe he like injured himself or something again, or maybe like reaggravated it, or they were tr- still just trying to be safe with him because yeah, he was sitting a lot. He didn't get the uh, the amount of touches you expected, especially after the Justice Hill injury. But disappointing game for J.K. Dobbins. Both of my surprises are just like confusing as backfields that have people who who coaches just refuse to give the ball to. Yeah, both of mine were just complete afterthoughts that pulled up out of nowhere and went crazy. My other one is a uh, both zero percent roster. Just Tevin Coleman, he's up there with Diami Brown for where the heck did this come from of the week? Twenty fantasy points as well, twenty point two to be yeah. exact and half PPR. Twenty three <laughs> rushing yards on eight rush attempts, a rushing oh. touchdown, three targets, three receptions, forty four receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. Michael, can I just say something real quick before you move on? Shoot, did did I not say when we were we were at uh we were at Kevin's. Yeah, you watching said, Red Zone. You know, Tevin Coleman's not, not even that bad, man. No, I w- and I said, like, yo, it's interesting because he's got history with that team and that coach, and they need a they need a second running back, and their small guys aren't – their other guys aren't producing. Yeah. It's it's interesting. This is why everyone was dis- everyone on Twitter decided that Jordan Mason was not only going to run away with the job but beat Jeff Wilson out, and then they signed Tevin Coleman off the street, and this he's is, playing over him. This is why it's so important, guys. I'm sorry, Michael. Just, it's a teachable moment. It's It's – it's so important to get fantasy analysts like us who actually watch the game and understand the game and not just these box score watchers because box score watchers said Jordan Mason was activated week one. So he was it was him and next in line when what you saw was Jordan Mason is a special teams contributor. And if you knew the game, you'd know that the third running back is usually activated for special teams contributions. So. Um, if you're listening to someone that's telling you, oh, he was activated, and that's why we should care, like, reconsider taking advice from that person. Yeah, but uh, Tevin Coleman made a very impressive catch along the sideline. He ended up scoring a, on a touchdown reception. <clears throat> he got eight carries. Obviously, the game got away from Carolina in the second half. Coleman maybe got a little bit more work because of that, but nonetheless, he was the backup running back. We know Jeff Wilson isn't a 80-plus snap type of guy, so Tevin Coleman's going to start getting work, and is likely a... Uh, Likely someone you should uh, pick up as a uh, bench option because he's likely the next in line if something were to happen to Jeff Wilson, and he clearly now has a role in this offense. Yeah, uh, couldn't. Yeah, I, I'm with it. I'm with it, Michael. I think that uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be putting in some bids. Not nothing crazy, but for some Tevin Coleman across some leagues, especially like Scott Fishbowl. I feel like Tevin Coleman's a must add in Scott Fishbowl. All right, let's get into the. Uh, next guy. My surprise, surprise is not that this guy did bad because I was expecting him to do bad. If you look at my rankings, my surprise, surprise is how he they're being used. My surprise, surprise is how Sean McVay continues to to try to use this backfield. I don't know why Cam Akers continues to be the the guy, but it looked Daryl Henderson played one game where he was the main back and he was highly productive, and then they just started handing the ball to Cam Akers again, who got all the rushes which is only 13 rushes on the day for 33 yards. 13 rushes for 33 yards. Meanwhile, Daryl Henderson, out of nowhere, became the pass-catching back. Four out of five on on targets for Mr. Henderson, just becoming the pass-catching back. What is even happening? It's like Sean McVay decides every week, like, hmm, who do I want to give the ball to here? 
the worst of the players. You know, it's you know it's a crazy thing, and not, if you if you think back, remember when Von Miller decided he was going to go to Buffalo because Buffalo ended up giving him all that crazy money. Um, the Rams had all that money; they gave it to Allen Robinson, and now Allen Robinson has become a high level bust. Cam Akers has become if a high level. Someone bust. thought that. Could possibly happen. You got to think about like Sean McVay is an excellent offensive mind, but yo, his draft picks too. He spent how many draft picks on second round wide receivers that have made no difference in the NFL whatsoever? Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson. Wasn't there another one? I feel like there was another one. I think so, but Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson are reason they've, enough to be like yuck. Yeah, they've made no, and and, every, and everyone like as soon as they made the pick. Everyone's first reaction was, oh, okay, so there's a fifth receiver for the Rams in the second round. Like, no one was excited about Tutu Atwell, you know? So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Me neither. All right. Um, that yeah, confusing. Uh, is that it? Did you get yours, Michael? Yeah, let's move on. All right. Let's get out to the stock up segment. My favorites of the segments, to be honest. Uh, whose stock is rising after week five? Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Michael, who's your grand slam home run? My stock up here is Kenneth Walker, who I will be discussing on the waiver pod tomorrow. So I will not be giving you... uh, percentage of fab and waiver priority advice at the moment but i will tell you this look kenneth walker rashad penny's out in the year he gets arizona the chargers the giants and then arizona again over the next four weeks he is going to be the early down guy 100 percent. and the thing with kenneth walker is yes it's an unknown whether he is going to be catching the passes but if you buy into that unknown and he does end up buying catching the passes he's going to be one of the few running backs in the nfl at the moment who is basically a workhorse playing on all three downs in an offense that has excelled over these last several weeks with Geno Smith at the helm. I mean, dude, they besides the uh, the San Fran game, they put up 17 against Denver and won week one. They lost to Atlanta but put up 23 against Detroit. They won putting up 48. And against New Orleans, they lost putting up 32. And this defense is so bad that they're going to need to keep scoring points. Like, they're just in shootouts week after week after week. That's four weeks in a row, excuse me, three weeks in a row where the teams have combined for at least 50 points. And Geno Smith has been playing well. Kenneth Walker, obviously, he's a highly touted rookie. Some people even had him ranked higher than Brees Hall. I thought that was stupid, and Brees Hall has been balling out. But now Kenneth Walker has his chance to shine as well. And after Penny went down last week, Kenneth Walker broke out a 69-yard touchdown run and had 88 yards and a rushing touchdown on only eight attempts. He looked good in that touchdown run, too. He, he hit the like the secondary jets. He looked like he was going to get... Caught from behind and then never did. Yeah, there are some people who really, really believe in Kenneth Walker and his talent and with the way that offense is going. This is the first. Look, he's highly rostered um, already, 45% rostered in Yahoo leagues. So he is, again, like people have just become smarter in terms of who they have on their bench. Kenneth Walker likely would have been less rostered if we were talking like two, three years ago. But if he is available in your league, Kenneth Walker is the first like Probably the first big Grand Slam home run waiver wire option that we've seen all year. Yeah, I think um, at least an immediate one. I think uh, one of one of the stock ups that I forgot to uh, change is one that we're both going to talk about. So I'm going to say it, and then you just you just build on it. It's Raheem Mostert. Sorry, Michael, I forgot to change it. 
Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> so Raheem Mostert, I just want just I'm actually just leading it into you. Uh, I think Raheem Mostert, if you picked him up a couple weeks ago, um, a couple weeks ago I dropped Chase Edmonds for Raheem Mostert. It looked stupid, but now it looks great. Um, he's I think he's another one that has a really really good chance of being a, a a game changer. So why don't you talk about Raheem a little bit? I mean, look, Raheem Mostert, he took over that backfield this past week against the Jets. Like, it wasn't even close. Chase Edmonds basically didn't play. Mostert played 70% of snaps, got 73% of the attempts. Um, he was in on the two-minute drill, 19.5 fantasy points, despite Skylar Thompson being at QB for the uh, for the, uh, for the the Dolphins. Chase Edmonds only played 15% of snaps, saw one rush, and that was it. Um, it is now Raheem Mostert's backfield. We, he, we said it. Like, they're familiar with Raheem Mostert as well. It's... um. It's Mike McDaniel at court at, at head coach and Raheem Mostert with, played very well against the Jets and it looks like his backfield going forward. But Tim, since you decided to steal um, Raheem Mostert from me for stock up, I'll just throw in a an honorable I mention. Did, I didn't I didn't steal him from you. I just gave him to you right now. No, you stole. Him from I me. have an honorable mention now that I oh, was looking up. Then I'll throw an honorable mention of Alec Pierce, okay, who I mentioned in this past week's patron pod. To grab him for for free, only he was only five percent rostered in Yahoo leagues, and then in a very difficult matchup against Denver on nine targets, he uh he went eight for eighty one, and he looks like he's building a nice rapport with with Matt Ryan, and he could be a wide receiver three flex option moving forward. Yeah, <coughs> yeah. yeah, I like Fuck that one. You. Um, question <laughs> question for you though. Shoot. Um, because one thing I, I was the surprise surprise I had an honorable mention there, Gabriel Davis. Cause he was your uh, your tear down, wasn't he? In yeah, the last one. And he uh, finally not to put up, you on yeah, not to put you on blast, but I just want to put because I want to put happens. Gabe Davis out there. That second catch he made was fucking spectacular. It was, and he has the ability to make big plays. He's not. He's never going to be the twenty percent target share, but it's hard. He's gonna. He's he's a tough is, guy to roster. He man. had three receptions. This yeah, week. it's a tough guy to roster because it's gonna be hey, it's hey, boom hey. or bust like that. It always has been. It's, it always will be. It's pretty nuts. But when you got Josh Allen, it's like when you put this guy in, he could lose you a week, he could win you a week. I mean, at this point, with Gabe Davis, he's either finding the end zone and getting you 15-plus points or he's catching three balls and getting you less than seven. The, the thing is, like, luck. when you say 15-plus, that it's really like because those touchdowns are attached to 50-plus yard plays, it's really he's either getting you 20 points or six points. So it's even it's even more, like, alluring. You know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any. I I thank God I don't have any Gabe Davis on any team because he would be my hardest start sit decision every week. Uh, anyway, let's get into my first one. Alvin Kamara, welcome back to the club, Alvin Kamara. Hundred and ninety seven all purpose yards. One hundred ninety four. Excuse me, I got my fours and sevens confused. It's you strange. Uh, One ninety four on the ground and in the air yesterday. Uh, not not super efficient uh, on the ground. Uh, his the longest carry was only 13 yards, but he had a 54-yard catch and run uh, to open the second half after a quiet first half. Very, very nice to see that from Mr. Kamara in the open field. That was a weird game for the Saints offense, but they're going to need to lean on Kamara. When you see 23 rushes uh, and six receptions, sign me up for that all day. All, 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 all day. Now, he did have a fumble lost, so... Not all the way uh, positive for Mr. Kamara, but he's back uh, to at least being someone that you can start. I mean, it didn't even look like you could start him for a little while. So Alvin Kamara, he's my stock up. Michael, who's your next stock up? It was nice to see Alvin Kamara 
break out a little bit, have a classic Alvin Kamara type game for sure. Um, and the Saints put up what thirty nine points it was with Alvin Kamara breaking out a little bit. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yep. My uh, my last stock up stock up here, Tim. Ramondre Stevenson just put up 19.5 against Detroit, 25 rush attempts, 161 rushing yards, two receptions, 14 yards. I was not a huge Ramondre Stevenson guy coming into the year, but, I mean, he has been solid. I mean, he's been like a low-end RB2 type um, this season, but now Damian Harris got hurt. And if Damian Harris is out, Ramondre Stevenson becomes an every-down back, and that's when it gets super, super, super enticing. And fun. And uh, Ramondre Stevenson is looking like he's already taking the lead role from Damian Harris. Damian Harris is still playing a ton, so which definitely caps Stevenson's upside. But Harris got hurt, and if that continues, if he's forced to miss time, then Ramondre Stevenson becomes a must-start option. Man, I was really angry that Harris got hurt. He was my he was my tier up. I feel like him and Stevenson would have had a good game. That Detroit offense wasn't stealing any. That Detroit defense wasn't stopping anything. Wasn't stopping a nosebleed. One of the, one of the more disappointing disappointments for me was uh, was that uh, my stock up is Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore f- uh, finally getting back in the groove. Eight targets, seven receptions for sixty eight yards. Uh, also got two carries. They were for negative seven yards, but did get two carries. Um, he had the Cardinals' longest play of the game. I think that he's going. Th- he has a a role that has been valuable. Greg Dorch has scored over 10 points. Now two games, uh, two of three games that he played in this role, when when Moore wasn't uh, healthy, when Moore came back, it was him and Dorch, but Moore took over the role and got the targets, and you could see him on the field. He just looks like a super athletic uh, player. He looks like he's going to, he, he gets space. That Cardinals offense right now, I, th- I feel like it's evolving a little bit. I feel like it's getting a little better week by week by week by week. They almost won, if not for a, did you know how the? Do you remember what? Do you know what happened in the end of the Cardinals game in the Eagles? What do you mean? Do I know what happened? Do you know what happened at the end of the Cardinals game? With the with the, so they missed the field goal. Yes, but do you know how they got to that? So Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray slid. is running. Yeah, So they, uh, so Kyler Murray slid, and it was short of the first down, but then he thought he got a first down, and he spiked the ball, and that brought up fourth down which forced them to kick the field goal that they eventually missed. But here's the thing about that that I learned earlier today. Did you know that the score at University of Arizona Stadium, the scoreboard read first down? At University of Arizona Stadium? That's what it's called where they play. Are you serious? Yeah. That's weird. Are you sure? I'm sure about it. What do you mean it read first down the scoreboard? (laughs) Exactly. It read first down the scoreboard, and I think – they're giving I I don't know. Uh I think Kyler Murray saw the scoreboard, thought it was a first down and spiked the ball. I don't know. That's what do you give Kyler Murray a pass if that's the case? No. No, even if it if it read first down on the scoreboard? No, don't be a little bitch. Get what? the first down. Oh. It's the fourth quarter. I mean he thought he did get the first down. No, that was a bitch ass move. I mean he he slid with his feet first and that's why he gave himself up early. Bitch move. I mean, you're being a little harsh. I'm not being harsh. It was a bitch-ass move. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Rondell Moore is my uh, stock up because he's he's being thrown balls from that bitch-ass, uh, according to Michael. Uh, is it, You're done, right, Michael? With the stock ups? Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's get into the stock down. Uh, the guys whose stock is falling, falling down. 
The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. All righty then. Stock down. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll start this one. I am going to start this one because my first stock down is Michael Pittman. Michael, you talked about Alec Pierce. I'm talking about uh, Michael Pittman right now because Michael Pittman, he's getting the volume. He's he's all right. Like, I see Michael Pittman and it's just like, this guy is not some insane athlete, incredible wide receiver that's going to make a, a struggling offense better and make a struggling quarterback much better. And right now their offense is struggling and stagnant. Their quarterback is struggling and stagnant. Their running back is hurt. Uh, who knows if he'll be back. And it looks like Matt Ryan is building a rapport with Alec Pierce. So it's not it's not going to be the ultra volume for Michael Pittman that you saw in, in the beginning of the year. Now, I will say this. Michael Pittman has a very soft schedule coming up. So this could be a time to buy low on Pittman uh, just because of that. But if he doesn't turn it around, if this schedule doesn't play itself out, uh, into into numbers, then you're acquiring a headache uh, because Michael because it's it he's completely volume dependent uh, for a quarterback that is not giving him the volume. Uh, I mean, not giving him the value attached to that volume. Excuse me. Uh, he was five of eight for 49 yards uh, against the Broncos. But let, I wanted to highlight this upcoming schedule. Upcoming Jacksonville, which is okay, and then Tennessee and Washington, which have been great matchups. New England. Raiders, Philly, okay, and then Pittsburgh. So in the next seven weeks, you have four super plus matchups for Michael Pittman. So that might be good news on him, you know, coming forward and making that next push. But I don't know. I don't like it, especially because he's had such low quality uh, target numbers. Matt Ryan's true target value sucks. His true... I mean, true throw value sucks, which is making Michael Pittman's true target value sucks. Suck. I, I, I just, I'm not with Michael Pittman right now. Now's not. If you have him, probably hold him and hope that he gets you some, some good numbers in a good matchup. Maybe try and flip him after a game like after, after versus Tennessee and after versus Washington. If he has two good games, if you could flip him for a a real player that that you can really count on, uh, maybe that maybe you do that. But right now, Michael Pittman for me, stock down. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Michael Pittman was one of my biggest fades of this season. Um, after week one, that did not look like it was going to go well, and since then, it's been all downhill: injuries, bad performances, and it's just that that Colts offense is just disgustingly bad at the moment. And he has a tremendous um, row of games coming up: Jacksonville, Tennessee, Washington, and over the next three. Let's see if he could uh, pick it up during this time, because. He's certainly not a wide receiver one at the moment, and that's what people wanted when they were drafting him. He even started going in the second round in some drafts in the the high entry leagues. I mean, I just want to say this about Matt Ryan and that <coughs> and that uh, that team. I will never take a minute to tell you that Matt Ryan isn't uh, overrated. Um, but I I tweeted this on nine twenty two twenty one. 
I've said this before, I'll say it again. This is Matt Ryan's last season as a starting QB for the Falcons. Some scrub team will probably give him a shot next year, and he'll suck then too. Looking, looking like that's been coming true so far. Yeah. Yep. My turn? Yep. My turn. My first knockdown is Jamar Chase, and this has been a very, very frustrating um, season from Jamar Chase. He had the huge week one against Pitt, and since then he's put up 8.5, 9.7, 10.1, and 8.5. Look, he has a tremendous um, rest-of-season schedule, and I highly, highly believe in the talent. But the Bengals' offense just looks terrible. Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor is making me want to throw him out a window every single time I watch a Bengals game because he just insists, insists, insists on rushing it for a two-yard gain with Joe Mixon on first and second down every single game, every single time, no matter what. The like, if you watch Jamar Chase play as well, dude, all they're telling him to do is just run streaks. Like, go ahead, Jamar, run straight. Maybe Joe Burrow will be able to get it to you. This guy is like an He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. He just had 1,400 yards as a rookie. Scheme him open. Get him the ball in space. Like, it's Jamar Chase. He led the league in big plays last year, basically. Or it was at least top five. I don't know the exact number. And this offense is just abysmal at the moment. And Zach Taylor has been a joke so far. I mean, just stop trying to make Joe Mixon the face of your offense. Bro, he's on the chopping block, man. He's on the chopping block for wherever hot offensive coordinator is is smoking right now because yo you got th- Burrow yo, chasing Higgins that's dude, ridiculous and Boyd I know Higgins didn't play a lot yesterday because of the injury which he screwed a bunch of fantasy owners obviously it's not his fault nothing like, changed he hardly played but nothing changed it's the same exact offense from last year that didn't do shit not for nothing in the in the playoffs Joe Burrow got sacked how many times and I think this is important to do we always say this and you know I fell into the trap this year too. Um, in certain areas, it's every time there's people who need offensive line help, everyone always says, oh, they fix the offensive line when they make a couple of trades. But offensive linemen, because they're not sexy, scheme matters for them, and team matters, just like everything else. So when you're getting an offensive lineman, when you're signing an offensive lineman, you're not necessarily upgrading, you're addressing. You're not fixing, you're addressing. And we really need to address the way we address that. You know, we need to say they are addressing the offensive line. Doesn't necessarily mean they're making improvements. Because right now, Burrow's running for his life. That Mixon can't get any room. And you know how much we hate Joe Mixon. But I even feel bad for the dude. And it's just like this, this offense refuses to make the next step up and put the ball into Joe Burrow's hand, hands more. And it's, it's been a ridiculous. rough season. It's been a rough season. If you're, if you're a Bengals fan, this is the worst case scenario. Um and we're Mets fans, so we know about worst-case scenarios. Um, <clears throat> let's get into my second one, talking about worst-case scenario. This one felt like it was inevitable, and it was just uh, bi- we're just biding our time until it happened. The benching of Antonio Gibson is officially complete. He had 39 yards in the loss to the Titans, uh, took a backseat to Brian Robinson, finished the game with the third most rushing attempts on the team. <sighs> he... Didn't even leave the backfield in receiving, although he did have four targets, three receptions for 33 yards. They got him a little involved. It looks like Brian Robinson is going to be the early down back, and it's going to be even J.D. McKissick, again, is getting rushes. You don't usually see J.D. McKissick getting rushes. He's getting rushes uh, this year. <sighs> Man. He got a lower snap count. He had a he had just about the same snap count as Tony Pollard this year, according to... <clears throat> NBC Sports Edge. 
here. He had a lower snap count than Tyler Algier last week, according to them. Terrible. Terrible. The, the benching of Antonio Gibson, good night. It, uh, t- to be honest, you're keeping Antonio Gibson only as a handcuff. I think he's probably droppable in most leagues. Um, where if you need a, if you really need a guy, it's it's about there's about to be buys. That's another. We're about to be we're about to be in the bye weeks, bro. Yeah. It's about to get real out here. Um, so if you need someone for the buy, and Antonio Gibson's taking up a space on your roster, he's the type of guy where you could say sayonara, and someone else will pick him up, and it could be it could work out for you because it's a it's a landmine, <clears throat> it's a landmine kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Antonio Gibson, R.I.P. to his fantasy value, man. If you had Antonio Gibson on your dynasty league two years ago, you were like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm about to have the next Christian McCaffrey on my team. So much for that. Uh, Michael, who's your uh, second stock down? My second stock down is uh, Brandon Ayuk. Mm. There's just not enough to go around for Brandon Ayuk. That was my uh, that was my fear with him this draft season. Um, he was not someone I actively targeted at all, really. Um, I didn't really draft him in best ball. I didn't end up getting him in any redraft formats because I was just like, where is he supposed to get the points from? Um, obviously, it's a run-first team in San Fran. Then you have Debo Samuel, who's the star of the show. George Kittle returned, got a little bit more involved in the passing game last week. And Brandon Ayuk, like, he's getting his uh, he's getting his involvement a little bit, right? Like, he's not, not playing offense. <laughs> but, like, four targets this past week, even in a 37-point um, performance from... Um, against Carolina, three receptions, 58 yards. He's topped. He's basically been DJ Moore. He topped 10 points just once through five games, and that was 11.4 every game under 12. He's uh, at this point, he's just like a low end wide receiver three flex play that you hope he finds the end zone. He the only game where he did put up double digit fantasy points, he found the end zone, but he only went three for 39, um, including that touchdown catch. So Brandon Ayuk is just he. There's not enough to go around in that in that San Fran offense because Jimmy G isn't going to be throwing for 250-plus yards a game, let alone, like, 300. So it's just it's not a, not looking good for Brandon Ayuk. And let's keep it going on the not-looking-good train. I definitely beat you in this one. James Robinson. Um, yes, good work. It was not a... It was not a fun time to be a running back returning from an Achilles injury uh, this week. And James Robinson, 10 rushes for 27 yards, two targets, two receptions for 12 yards. Uh, It is a split backfield at the very best. Travis Etienne at least uh, broke off a couple big runs. But both of these running backs had um, disappointed performances. I did say Travis Etienne was going to be a low-end running back, too. He put up low-end running back two numbers, 10 rushes for 71 yards, five targets, three receptions for 43 yards. Um, It's looking like Travis Etienne is becoming more and more the guy who's going to get the ball in that offense, Uh, although that offense is looking like it's sputtering after looking pretty good in the beginning of the season. Uh, So a lot of questions in Jacksonville, who was riding a little high, maybe a little too high for a moment there. Uh, But, yeah. Jacksonville and uh, James Robinson. Uh, if you were starting James Robinson and you drafted him and hoped for him to be your savior, uh, looks like those hopes are going to be going down the drain very soon. Right down the drain. Right down the drain. Shall I finish off my uh, stock down? This is my final stock down is someone who was a tear down for me this past week, and that's Jalen Waddle. Um, three catches, twenty-three yards. Yes, Skylar Thompson was at QB, but 
Jalen Waddle now has four of five games with four or less receptions. Sell high, in my opinion. Find someone who you could convince, like, yeah, I know, Skylar Thompson was that quarterback, man. Teddy Bridgewater or Tua will be back soon. And sell Jalen Waddle high because, like I said, this dude is still being ranked as if he's a no-brainer wide receiver one every week. And I'm just... That's not how I think Jalen Waddle should be ranked, so I would trade him for that value. Um, wow. I think he's a wide receiver 2-3, not a wide receiver 1. Tyreek Hill is the clear alpha in that offense, so, yeah, that's how I feel about Jalen Waddle. Michael went in on Jalen Waddle last week, and he was right. Michael has not been high on Jalen Waddle. Did not look great, but now it looks great. Um, that's it for us. That is the Monday recap. We are coming to you a little earlier today. So hopefully we are joining you on your commute home or wherever you may be listening to us. I hope you have a great safe day. Hope you have a fantastic time, uh, watching the game tonight. And I hope that everything in your life is going exactly the way you want it right now. Everyone listening to this. And if it's not, I hope you have the, the capacity and the mental wherewithal to recognize it and change it for the better because you have what it takes inside of you. And that was, that's my quote for the day. Mike, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. At BrotoFF Tim. At BrotoFF Jason. At BrotoFF Cass. At PsychWardFF. At BrotoFantasy. And at uh, FF by Broto. Yeah, that's it for us. We'll see you on Thursday. Please download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app and visit us on brodofantasy.com. Uh, also, if you're into betting, we don't really mention betting on the podcast, but, man, Shiz and the betting guys, uh, the DFS uh, Clay's Corner has been on point this week. I mean, this year. So if you f- follow us and you've been listen- reading the uh, stuff that we have to give, then you know and you've been winning. So, uh, keep going. If you haven't checked it out yet, go there. But only if you like winning and only if you might like money. Um, Michael, let me ask you a question, bro. Because Shoot. today we have off, right? And uh, it's uh, Columbus Day slash um, Indigenous Peoples Day. And uh, Columbus Day was originally meant for Italian-Americans. So I have a question for you. Uh, where's the uh, gabagoo? Where's the freaking Agabagoo?